0: Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Mikuchi, and you are listening to the Jazzier's Podcast.
1: I'm tiptoeing out, gone without a trace. Leaving without a ripple, leaving no empty space. I'll silently slink by with the stealth of a cat. And once I am gone,
0: that'll be that. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call The Jazz Podcast and it's brought to you in conjunction with Jazz's vinyl club a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike our guest today is singer-songwriter Monica Ryan a renowned interpreter of classics Monica is equally renowned for her own compositions defined by a unique blend of classic and contemporary sounds that is matched by philosophical and clever lyrics Today we find out more about her journey in music and celebrate the recent release of her 14th album, Playfully. The record is described as Monica's love letter to the history of jazz and features 11 original compositions that echo her sunny outlook on life. So fire up on Audio and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz Is Podcast. Come on. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the Jazzes podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. Hi, Matt. It's such a pleasure to be here.
0: You know, uh, it's kind of our tradition here in the Jazzes podcast to begin our conversation, to break the proverbial ice by just collecting memories. And what I like to do is I like to, to ask the artists I speak with to kind of share a memory from early life that when they think back to it, they realize, hmm, maybe that's where my fascination, interest, and life in music began. So do you have one such memory that you could share with us today?
1: I, there are lots of stories from when, from before I can remember, but I think I've always been a very musical oriented person to my, to go to the beginning of my love of jazz. Um, I used to watch the old movies all the time as a little child and I got all the harmony in my head from that. And I always was very, um, drawn towards the harmony and the sounds of, Jazz. Although I didn't know that that's what it was, I just knew that I liked it. And I grew up in Greenwich Village, which was in in the seventies, eighties, nineties. So it was a hotbed of jazz activity. So it was everywhere. Like the Village Gate was on my walk to elementary school. And um, there was a great restaurant called The Cookery that had Alberta Hunter singing in it all the time. And Fat Tuesdays was down the block from my high school. And the Blue Note was on the block I grew up on. So I was surrounded by it. Um, but my first sort of entryway into I'm going to sing this music because this music is speaking to my heart in a powerful way and I've identified it was uh, when I joined the high school jazz band and the director said, go buy an Ella Fitzgerald album and report back to me. And I walked over to Tower Records, which was around the corner from my house. And um, I picked up, I flipped through all the records and I picked up Ella Fitzgerald's Greatest Hits, Volume 2. And the minute I put the needle down on that record, it was love. It was immediate, deep overwhelming love. And I, you know, quickly absorbed everything on that record. And it was all jazz all the way from there.
0: Yeah. What were the songs on that record? Do you remember?
1: There was, I mean, there's, it was her greatest hits. So there, there was like a tisket, a tasket, but there was also taking a chance on love. There was angel eyes, all of the sort of, much of it was the older, older Ella, like the younger Ella, older recordings, but I just adored it and still do. Of
0: course, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's timeless really. So when you start kind of playing your own music or performing, do you also start to understand something that jazz has that maybe other, you know, styles do? Because throughout the eras, there have been, you know, waves of music that came and went. Jazz is always more or less being consistent and of course evolved in its own right. But there's something to it, right? That enables one to put a personal spin to it so do you begin to awaken to that and is that part of the reason why you became fascinated with it
1: well yeah it's a sort of universal human emotions and um sort of if you if you uh simmer everything down to an emotional root you know there's love there's um Enjoying uh, life amongst others, there's these beautiful and the 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 there's a lot of joy to jazz. As a writer, I I mean there's the listening to somebody else's stuff and there's all the feelings that comes with that. And the writer, it's a almost a totally different world for me. They're connected by genre and by. I try to carry a torch into the present. So, you know, I, this, the stuff that's come before me is the foundation upon which I stand. But, uh, as a writer, I'm looking to take everything I've learned and, and bring it into today. So that it's, it's a different, it's it's like one thing I think of almost as timeless, and what I'm doing with my writing, I'm thinking of this time. All artists want to create something that has a timeless impact. I really focus on trying to bring uh, the magic of what I know jazz to be into this moment, into this time, for all of us who are here now. So you know, expanding the world, not shrinking it, but expanding it.
0: Talking about the joy of jazz, of course, is a great way to introduce your new album, which at the time of recording this interview is not out yet. But uh, I've listened to it and I think it's amazing and it's called Playfully. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll get into that uh, a little later on. But before we do, of course, because this album features your original compositions, I also wanted to ask you, how early in life did you start writing your own songs?
1: I, as you know, I was—I didn't know that this was called this as a young child, but I was always an improviser, I would say. But um, so, you know, where is the line? But uh, I think I and I would say that all jazz musicians who improvise are in some part a writer because improvisation is writing but I officially started writing songs and you know these are my songs uh, in my final year of college at the new school and those some of those songs are on my first record so um, but now I write every day it's a huge part of my identity and it's a huge part of my joy you know I just love what I do
0: thinking back to those early songs that you wrote What Was there anything in particular that you wrote about something inside of you that you just wanted to express let out very often that also coincides with the reason why artists make art is they want to share a message with the world whether it's about their own life or something bigger something greater.
1: I think as I've gotten older over the years, I mean, I'm I'm 48 years old, and I've been doing this since I was 15 um, and writing since I was, let's say, 21, um, 2021. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more purposeful about why and how I write. On my second reco- record, I had a couple of very purposeful, what I'm putting out there um, and what the... I guess I was always purposeful but I've gotten more purposeful. And my husband likes to say that I write um sort of like encouraging almost He says almost like nursery rhymes for adults, like encouraging. It's okay that the world is sometimes complicated. You know, be yourself. You're a valuable presence. And, uh, sometimes things are good and sometimes things aren't, but it's always beautiful. And that's, that's sort of my world outlook. Um, it's always, there's always an opportunity to, to deliver your kindest, your kindest self. Um, to be thoughtful, to look at things a different way, and I, because that's my, my almost like a stoic philosopher. Because this is my sort of world view, it shows up in all of my music,
0: and it shows up in playfully as well. Because, you know, first of all, yeah, we talked about the joy in jazz, and of course, this is a good time to share that joy because. We're still very much feeling what we went through not too long ago with the pandemic when we were all locked up. And not to mention, we're still, you know, things are still happening all everywhere, you know, war, terrible things. Yeah. So this is a way to spread that joy, right? Do you, do you see this album yeah. as your way to spread, you know, those positive energies that you kind of mentioned there?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. In fact, I think that art is, art in general is a huge service. It's the voice of the intangible, right? It's, uh, so I, you know, artists who create with intention are making the world, are, are making the world a more beautiful, more thoughtful place and are, you know, are, are doing a service. I mean, a, an antidote or a counterbalance to the coarseness that exists in the world. And, uh, when I wrote this album, it was, I wrote it in February and it was a direct response, um, to having a lot of conversations with a lot of people about how they were drained totally exhausted. Like there was the initial bounce, like, oh, great, life is back after this grueling period. And then everybody started to feel the after effects of everything and just feel like completely wiped out. And I wanted to write something that sort of acknowledged that, but didn't necessarily dwell in that space, that supported people in being wherever they are you know, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, uh, physically, and uh, said, there's joy under all of our noses. And it's in all these little places. And we can choose to see it or feel it if we open ourselves to that. And if we're not ready for that, that's okay. It's sort of just an accepting, loving bounce that I was trying to give people. And so that's what this whole album is about. This sort of Let me see if I can give you a little bit of a bounce and fill you up a little bit so that you can face tomorrow with a little bit more in your tank. You know that I love you so, and I want for you true happiness. You mean the world to me, so I'll try to be as clear as I can be. Sometimes the tide is high and all boats do rise. Everything's flush and fine. Sometimes the tide is low and there's nowhere to go but down at the end.
0: Of the, day. the track you are hearing is from Monica Ryan's latest album, Playfully, recently released and available now. We'll find out more about the record in a moment, but first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the jazz is editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in a print version of Jazzy's, com, and these jazz is podcasts. Go to com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now... Back to our conversation with Monica Ryan. Aside from that, the emotions that this album communicates, the music of this album communicates, I wondered whether the title was also a reference to the way in which you personally approached the project and, you know, the working methods and all of that while you were working on it, while you were recording it.
1: I spend a lot of time. Yeah, I'm, I am fully immersed. Like the fully part is the part that I, um, attach to being fully thoughtful, being fully present, playing fully, really putting your heart into something, like not just halfway. Early in my career, I've had a lot of wonderful teachers in my life. I've been blessed. I mean, truly, I've had a lot of wonderful teachers in jazz who have invested in me as, a, as an artist. I was a, a student of the late great Jackie Paris and a private student and um he invested heavily in me becoming who I am and I am uh honored by that. Um but I had one professor also, uh Maconda Ken McIntyre, who was a very powerful teacher and um one of the things I loved about him, people either loved him or were a little bit frightened of his intensity because he would be honest with everybody, um, out of love. But sometimes that honesty wasn't, um, wasn't what people wanted to hear. And so a certain group of us at the new school, we gravitated towards him. We wanted, we wanted the truth of what he's hearing when we're working on our, our music back at us in the fullness of it. We didn't want to just hear what would soothe our egos. We wanted to hear what would make us the best artists. So, those who gravitated towards him were of that ilk and I was one of them. And so, I remember after I made my first album, um, he came to my CD release party and he bought the album and uh, he invited me to his home for tea afterwards. And he told me, how do you, he asked me, how do you feel about this recording? And I said, well, I feel good. You know, I've I've worked very hard on it and, you know, I did my best. And he listened to me tell him how I felt about the album. And then he paused for a moment and then he said, I think you could have gone deeper. He said, there's so much music in you that you've not tapped. And I think, I think you, you could have gone deeper. And I would love to see that. And after creating this first CD and hearing this, I was, wow, that's intense. That's an intense feeling, right, to have this kind of reflection. But what love? What love is it that a person does the brave thing who believes in you and is so invested in you that they're willing to tell you something that might not feel good to you, but will make you go deeper and be more and live up to your potential and so since that time uh, he's no longer with us he's no longer with us he's he's uh he's moved on in in spirit and um since that time and we're going back to like 23 years ago when this happened i have always asked myself have i gone deep enough am i there am i fully there have i gone to that, the deep places of my musicality when I'm creating, because that's where the magic happens, right? That's where the spirit of the music is really at its fullest. And that's when you can give the most to the people who are listening. I, I'm thinking about that all the time. So the fully part of play fully, that is really, that was there at this recording. I, I brought, um, three amazing musicians who, um, who I love deeply, both as artists and as people. I brought them together and we all played fully. The whole album was recorded in seven hours straight. And we just went to a high vibrational place together, and stayed in it and came from love the entire time and so the fully part of play fully and playing as in playing music but also being fully present and being very thoughtful and holding that space for the people who you are giving the music to that's i believe that's there in this album so uh, i do i do connect the the fulliness <laughs> the fullness of all of it
0: that's fascinating thank you for sharing that story you know, in a way, it also reminds me of something else, the importance of, of finding the right mentors in life, right? I mean, that's hugely important.
1: I do. I mean, I do. I'm somebody, I teach also, and I'm somebody who always comes, I always come from love. But I also, at every level, will also tell tell the truth with the which is love but with a loving in a lo- in a bubble of loving language so that nobody feels anything but supported by it but the truth is so important because that's how we become you know that's how we become our best selves right
0: yeah uh definitely definitely plainfully interesting uh concept but also i read that uh you produced this album is there a challenge to doing that
1: i've produced my albums before and i enjoy the production uh, the being a producer i enjoy you know deciding who's in the band and which studio we're recording at and um the arrangements and i enjoy all of those aspects of it um i did something new this time which is i also mixed and mastered it myself and that was that was a really interesting challenge I think for me, because it's like, um, you know, you're deciding what stays and what, what goes and you're deciding what, um, which takes and why and which volumes and whether you're going to compress it or how much you're going to compress it and how much reverb. And it's for, as a singer, it's my own voice, which is very vulnerable. Um, and then it's my own words. And so that was a really interesting process, I thought. It was challenging, that part.
0: But also, before we started recording this interview, uh, we had a little chat, and you did mention that you have a way of seeing your albums as if you were curating an exhibition. And, you know, that's an interesting point way of putting it, really, because perhaps this is something that's lost nowadays in the age of streaming media, but it shows a further level of attachment to one's work, especially in music. When we think of albums now, there is an appreciation for the album for the art of making an album. Yeah,
1: I mean, an album is is we were saying is a is a is like a curated collection, right? That each song is its own. Its own entity, but they're put together for for a reason, and with uh, with a, a measure measure of thoughtfulness, and so um, you know, there's an overall feeling um, when you listen to all the material that is that is the combination of all of the pieces, and uh, there's intention behind that, um, but uh, the other piece that we were talking about was, um, how people receive the different individual pieces that uh, one of the things that I really love about, um, releasing an album is that different people, because each piece is its own little, you know, connected with the other pieces, but its own little statement. I, I love how different people will connect more or less with individual songs. And it, I always think of it like if I were to go to a museum or a gallery, I might connect more with one or two pieces. It, and it doesn't mean I don't like all of them, but I might really be drawn to one or another for various yeah. reasons. And I always think, think it's exciting which songs people gravitate towards in, in the collection.
0: Oh, but- I'll share, I'll share the one that I, coll- I connected with the most in your album then. I, I really liked, uh, I grow where I'm planted. I, I'm quite oh. a globe trotter, so that's probably why. <laughs> it oh, reminded me of some that. scenes from my from the past, you know, where you just find yourself in a place. I grow where I'm planted. There's something about this concept too that is a timelessness to it. On the other hand, you know, it's it's something that is difficult to find. You know, we were talking about genres before. Nowadays, if not in jazz, and maybe that's just biased thing that i'm saying because i happen to be a huge fan of jazz but you know it's a it's a nuance of life that maybe isn't uh, represented as widely as you know as it should be really so in this album i did find that uh, the songs uh, had a way of putting a spin to you know uh, aspects of love life and everything in between that is uh, a little different and specific and easier to connect with maybe for that reason.
1: Oh, thank you. That really touches me. I appreciate that. And I love, thank you so much for sharing which one you connected to. This is like part of the delight of having put it out there, hearing, hearing uh, what and why is moving people. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, i uh feel like when we're writing authentically from our you know write what you know um it's not that you can't imagine something else you can imagine something else and find your way to connect to that thing you've imagined in an authentic way that's certain that there's that's a great way of writing too but in in this album i was i was writing what i knew authentically to me which is part of what makes it today because I'm a per- of today, because I'm a person of today. I'm here today um, in this world, engaged in this time. And I love hearing other people's stories. So I listen to people and some of the so, some of the connections I'm making are the common threads that we all experience or that everybody I've spoken to or read about has experienced, Oh, this is a common experience. And I experience it too. Here's how I experience it. And I feel like we can through understanding each other, shed light on our own experience. And it's a, it's a very cool way of connecting with the world and with others.
0: (laughs) And also I I think like, you know, the idea of writing what you know is, very different and a lot more satisfying ultimately than write what you think people want to hear,
1: <laughs> which is kind
0: of, uh, how, you know, what we uh, very often encounter more readily and it's, it's somehow uh, less satisfying as I said, but yeah, really, really interesting discussing this, but I just want to end our conversation too by, uh, you know, bringing up something that I read about the album that it's got another dimension. We talked about the play fully, Meaning, and now uh, we talked about how people connect to songs and bring their own uh, wealth of emotions and l- lived life uh, to their listening experience. And then, of course, it's there's the fact that I believe that you see this as a kind of a love letter to the history of jazz, too.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's so so so. When I wrote, for example, the song "Reason to Be Happy." It's um this song is a a short little song it's really fast and the whole song everybody in the band takes a solo and the whole song is like two and a half minutes it's like a super fast little number right but it to me when I i I always have a mind movie especially as I've gotten older I've had mind movies when I write a song, I'm picturing what's happening and part of what I'm Part of, there's a sonic element that comes through, almost like comes through my lens or my prism. You know, uh, there's a sonic element. There's usually a story element that I'm visualizing happening, and I'm just describing what I'm visualizing. You know, and um, with with reason to be happy, the the sonic you know source that was coming through my audio lens, yeah, it was like Ella Fitzgerald and Chick Webb. This early, this early um, beautiful, fun, uplifting jazz. And so when I, you know, set up the band in the studio, I said, you know, this song just, it came out and said to me, it has to be like Ella Fitzgerald and Chick Webb, like this straight ahead, happy little nursery rhyme. It's of today. It's, you know, it's, you know, We all went through COVID. We've all been through strong economic times and we've all been through recessions. And, you know, it's built on the aphorism, a high, a high tide rises all boats and a low tide, all boats go down. And so that there's sometimes we just have to accept that, um, it's not a high tide, but we'll live as well as we can in a low tide. And in a high tide, everybody's doing great. So I have this little sort of nursery rhyme element to it done in the Ella Fitzgerald and Chick Webb style. And it's so funny because I said to Alvester Garnett, the drummer, who I think is amazing, who everybody thinks is amazing. And um, I said, you know, this reminded me of Ella Fitzgerald and Chick Webb. And he goes, that's what I was thinking. And I said, awesome. Like when I heard it, that's what I was thinking. And then, then another one where I had a very clear sonic reference to my history with jazz, one of my favorite singers who I was lucky enough to see many, many times in my younger years, was Abby Lincoln. Uh, I always connected very deeply with her and her um her whole uh her whole career, her whole presence, the whole way she presented music and herself. I just really have always enjoyed her and appreciated her. And um when I wrote the song I see it in you, I was thinking this, this, the sonic, the sonic uh, connection is—it's got to sound like a young Abby Lincoln. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling. And um, Alvester Garnett, who's, a, who's playing on the album, is was at one of Abby Lincoln's drummers. And I had said to him, "This song, when I wrote this, I was just feeling young Abby. Like that's what I was feeling. I needed to present." And he was like, "It does sound like a young Abby Lincoln." And I went, "Yes, I did that." So so I do feel like there's a love letter to these these great singers who came before me. I'm just saying, hey, I love you. You're part of me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Share with me the wonderment of a world you've yearned to know. Let me see the garden where your rarest blossoms grow. Speak to me in whispers. So the dreams you wish to so go 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 let me love the whole of you i'll show you my broken
0: piece i hope you enjoyed my conversation with monica ryan her new album playfully is available now and if you love jazz and vinyl, be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club. Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzaz.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. Anna's music from Playfully by Monica Ryan plays us out. I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Is podcasts, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzays.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Micucci signing off. See you soon.
1: Love the whole of you. Walk me